Hello there. Hello. Welcome back to Hot for Justice. Yes, I'm Jessica. I'm Jamie. And we're going to talk about some cold cases. Yes, we are. But before we dive in, I just, on my drive over to Jamie's house, I was listening to um, a podcast called Case File. Have you heard of it? I think you told me about it, but I actually haven't listened to it myself yet. It's pretty good. So the guy's Australian, and he narrates these, like, really beautifully researched, yeah, like, cases. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was just listening to one about this Australian serial killer called Ivan Malott. Oh. That was his name. Okay. But um, before they knew who he was, he was, like, the back. He was murdering backpackers in in Australia. So, like, people, you know, foreigners would come to visit. They would hitchhike, and right. he would just pick them up. Okay. And then he would take them to the woods and, like, do terrible – like, it's kind of, like, sick. Like, he's one of the sickest people. Like, he would use them for target practice, and he just, like, would really fucking torture them. Holy shit. Yeah. And it was – it's – it gnarly but it's so interesting so that's like a i think four or five part podcast i just finished okay. about it and it's really interesting so i would definitely recommend listening to it oh what's the four or five part thing called is that yeah it's like the la- the latest five episodes it's the um it starts with a b like Belango, Belangio. we will link it in the <laughs> show notes <laughs> anyways it's named after the forest where he was dumping them oh, okay yeah oh that's awesome though i mean like the show sounds awesome no. yeah it's what he it's did is not awesome at all really interesting <laughs> um i mean like australia is just such a cool place to be and right. you don't feel i mean like it's feels so much safer than here and so you just wouldn't think that that type of thing would i mean happen. maybe except for all the like crazy like critters that y- yeah, can kill you that's true you have to watch out for spiders snakes alligators uh, all of the above yeah like all those stingrays sharks like pretty much you know just <laughs> don't fuck with the wildlife there <laughs> for real too long don't read for <laughs> For real. Okay, but anyways, I just had to side note, side note, side note nation. <laughs> I like that side note nation. Um, so Jess went first last week, yeah. so I'm gonna go ahead and start this week with a serial killer. Uh, that so interesting. I know, and I'm, I don't think we actually talked about a proper serial killer on the show yet. No, no, because most of the times, like I feel like they're solved. Like, right. they know who they are, but I guess not in every case. Obviously, like, the Zodiac Killer, they don't, but... Right. Um, or in this one. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, this serial killer, uh, I'm not going to lie, this is kind of, like, the worst name for a serial killer ever. Like, if it, this was me, like, I'd hikey kind of be pissed. Yeah. Like, because it's, would be too it's honestly a dumb name. It. Um, so, this man has been dubbed The Doodler. <laughs> the Doodler. Yeah, I just, yeah. Silly name. Very silly. It's for a reason, but it's just right. silly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had never heard of this until I was doing uh, my preliminary research. And um, so he was active in the uh, in between January of 1974 and September of 1975. And he's been attributed with over 14 murders um, and at least three assaults of gay men in San Francisco. Um, he was given the name the doodler because he would do sketches of his victims before having sex with them. So creepy. Right. And then, um, after they would have sex, he would stab them, um, and leave their bodies in parks or beaches around San Francisco. Yikes. Absolutely bananas. Um, so basically he would troll around, uh, like gay bars and clubs and 
just pick up these men and doodle them, have sex with them, and then stab them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely bananas. So in 1976, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle had run a story about the doodler, and about two days later, a suspect had been arrested. Um, according to the Sentinel, he was detained outside of a tenderloin bar on a Friday night, and a bar patron had called to report that a man that was fitting the composite drawing um, that was done by the San Francisco Police Department had entered the bar and was offering to draw sketches of the patrons at the bar. Weird. Um, according to the paper, the man was carrying a butcher knife and a book of sketches when he was caught by the police. Like, yeah. how creepy. Yeah. Um, That's quite a ruse. Right. Like, it's absolutely insane. So, um, allegedly, um, a police source says that the suspect confessed the killings to a psychiatrist while he was being detained, mm-hmm. um, that, and he was having difficulty with his sexuality because, again, this is the 70s, yeah. and, and, like, he's... being out wasn't, you know, a thing. Yeah. Um, and this is also, like, at the height of all the, like, HIV and AIDS thing going on, so, I mean, he just, he was very bothered the fact, the fact that he was gay. Yeah. Um, an investigator by the name of Rotea Guilford had told the Chronicle um, that he was probably ashamed of what he was doing. Um, ho- homosexuality has never been accepted in the black community especially, um, and the guilt he was experiencing causes him to want to erase the acts he's committed. I mean, psychologically, it makes sense. A hundred percent. And at the time, the uh, police had totally believed that they had found the man. Uh, multiple survive- victims, surviving victims, excuse me, um, described the suspect to the police, and that's how they got the composite sketch done. Okay. And so that's why... I'm wondering, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, did he have many surviving? Um, there was at least three. Oh, wow. That, at least that, based on the research that I did. Yeah. Um, it doesn't talk about too many others. There were likely others. They just yeah. didn't come forward. Right. I mean, <clears throat> they, they would have reason to not. Exactly. Um, among the victims that he uh, had you know, interacted with. Mm -hmm. There were well-known entertainers, diplomats, and uh, men that would lose a lot if they were outed. Yeah, so that makes sense why they didn't come forward. Exactly. It sucks people are so intolerant. Right. Um, So the suspect was cooperative with law enforcement, although he never admitted to any of the crimes. Because testifying in in court would mean that he would be, or excuse me, publicly testifying in court would mean that the people that he did like victims right they would be outing themselves yeah. so everybody kept silent right um, and without them testifying they could not try case, him yeah there was no way um harvey milk defended the victim's refusal to, refusal to testify in 1977 saying i understand their position and i respect the pressure society that or i res- respect the pressure that society has put them yeah. on so. I mean, could you imagine, A, something like that happening to you? But no. then, B, to rectify that situation, you have to basically, like, talk about something so personal that people are so nasty. I mean, even now, even in 2019, oh, yeah. people are so, like, shitty about people who are the slightest bit different. So I can I can definitely understand that. The okay. want to not. Right. And, um, like, it's, like I was saying before, like, he, even the suspected killer was a very you know mentally like confused gay black man that you know didn't know what he was doing yeah i mean he knew what he was doing but he just like didn't like he couldn't uh yeah process his own feelings in a healthy way obviously right um so while 14 murders were attributed to him they only have five confirmed okay like 100 percent. this is like 
what the doodler did. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go over the victims. It really is such a ridiculous name. No it's one. so god-awful. Like, like I said, I would be so pissed if that was me. Absolutely. Like, I, you know, I mean, you would be obviously be admitting guilt, but, like, I would be petitioning for a new name. Yeah. <laughs> Call me something else. <laughs> like anything else. The sketcher. Something, anything else. I don't know if that's better. <laughs> yeah, I tried. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, so the five confirmed victims. Um, so Gerald Cavan- Gerald Earl Cavanaugh, a Canadian-American immigrant, is believed to be the doodler's first victim. Okay. He was 49 at the time of his death, which would occur by a stabbing. Um, his fully clothed body was located on January 24th, 1974, lying face up in Ocean Beach in San Francisco in the early hours in the morning. He had died hours before his body was found. Mm-hmm. He was determined to have been conscious at the time he was killed and had attempted to resist the killer because he had self-defense wounds. He initially remained unidentified, being temporarily known as John Doe Number 7 by the mm-hmm. medical examiner. He was a single man with few details about his personal life. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, another victim is Joseph J. Stevens. Uh, he was discovered by a woman walking along Spreckles Lake, located in San Francisco, on June 25th of 74. He was 27 and had died shortly before his body was found. He had been witnessed at a club the previous day. Uh, he was employed as a female impersonator and a comedian. Officers suspected that Stevens was alive at the time he had been at Spreckles Lake, possibly transporting himself to the area with his killer. Hmm. So... It's kind of interesting because it looks like in most of these cases, like the body was discovered pretty quickly yeah. after they were killed, and they yeah. were likely, for the most part, killed where they were found. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it's less work, I guess. Right. And if you don't have a car, mm-hmm. it, which is, I mean, now in San Francisco, most people don't. I feel like no, because it's so expensive. But I don't know about then. Yeah, in the seventies. I think it's probably more likely that they might have had a car. Yeah. Um. But I mean, really, I wouldn't know for sure. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it's possible because uh, these locations where the bodies were found like weren't close. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um. Another victim was Klaus Christman. He was a German American immigrant uh, discovered by a woman walking her dog on July seventh, nineteen seventy four. His death had been somewhat more violent than the previous murders because he had considerably more stab wounds, and uh, he had been slashed in the throat several times. Interesting. Um, his body was also fully clothed. Um, that's another thing, too. A lot of the victims they found were fully clothed, yeah, which I, I think, think is kind of interesting. It's, it, I mean, it says a lot about it, I feel mm-hmm. like, because, I mean, for people who don't care, like, people who assault somebody... Um, well, it sounds like the sex was probably might have been consensual in this I, case. For but the most part, that's what it like, sounds like. If he's ashamed, it would make sense that instead of like disposing of them nude or like mm-hmm. stripping their clothes, he's like ashamed by what he's done, mm-hmm. and he's ashamed by the sex, so he like clothes or they're clothed right. or whatever. And I think that's also part of the reason that he puts them in like public places so that they're found quickly. Yeah. Um, instead of trying like hide, to like hide, hide the them. bodies. Yeah. Um, he's fully clothed. Unlike the previous victims, Chrisman was married and had children. Okay. The fact that he had a makeup tube on his person when he died suggested to the police that he might have been a closeted gay man. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably. Yeah. Um, he remained unidentified briefly while police were investigating the cases, which they had believed were related after the third murder. Okay. Um, he was buried in his nat- native country of Germany. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Frederick Capen, Ka- I'm honestly not 100% sure, and I, I apologize. Yeah. Um, he was 32 uh, at the time of his death, and he was discovered on May 12, 1975. 
he had been stabbed like the other victims, dying from st- strikes to his aorta. Ugh, that's so violent. Yes. Um, and that's the other interesting thing, too, because, like, if these are just, like, people that he basically just, like, picked up at bars, like, it's a very personal way to Heck yeah. kill somebody by stabbing. Yeah. And, I mean, it makes sense that he would be, you know, kind of, like, spur of the moment and just, you know, snapped, kind of. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, too. I mean, the psychology of it is interesting. Right. Like, you... He doesn't obviously know them very personally. No. Other than he's had sex with them. But to stab them so viciously, it's, like, almost like he's, um, like, just stabbing the part of himself he doesn't like, you know, right. in a way. Like, he, he he's having a hard time with his... Yeah, like, he was clearly feelings. distressed and yeah. disturbed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for Frederick... Uh, Capen, it believe it is believed that his body had been moved about twenty feet, um, as disturbances in the nearby sand had indicated. Um, so he was the first one. It looks like his body was moved after he died. Um, he was identified through fingerprints, and they were matched to ones taken by the state because he was a nurse. Okay. Um, he was also a veteran in the navy in the United States Navy and earned medals in the Vietnam War. Okay, that's sad. <clears throat> Um, the last of the confirmed victims is Harold Goldberg. He was 66, a Swedish-American immigrant who was discovered on June 4th, 1975, um, in a decomposed state about two weeks after his death in Lincoln Park, San Francisco. He remained slightly inconsistent with the other homicides because he was far older than the others. His underwear had been taken by the killer and his pants were unzipped. Hmm. Goldberg is believed to be the final victim of the doodler. While he w- remained identified, he was known as John Doe number 81. Um, and so the fact that like, this one kind of throws me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I know he's listed in a lot of places as a confirmed victim, but I personally don't believe that he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, did they ever find like the doodles that the doodler did? No. Huh. Yeah. It so was, they just know that he would doodle them from like, like at the bar. Yeah. From like the surviving victims, like mm-hmm. just like who said that he wanted to sketch me. And... Precisely. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so this one strikes me as a little bit odd. Yeah, it's um, a little different. Yeah, Well, the clothing... Yeah, because he... I feel like more than the age, the clothing says more. Right, because I don't think... I mean, the age range is a little bit in most of these men, you know, like yeah, 20s to 30s. Like 40. Yeah, 49. Yeah, I mean, that's... Right. If he looked young for a 66-year-old. Yeah, and the other thing like that I... you would know. <laughs> right? Well, the other thing that I think is kind of funny is that, like, it was predominantly, like, white men. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I don't know, I thought that was kind of but different. don't they... And a lot of them were immigrants, too. Yeah, which is interesting. I kind of noticed that, too. Isn't the person they... Th- so they have a suspect. Like, they actually have yes. a name of a person, right? Um, yes. I don't think they released the name. Yeah. Um, at least not in anywhere that I could find. Right. Um, but in the sketches, he's African-American. Yes. Because um, another name he actually went by, like, when police were looking for him, was the Black Doodler. Oh. Yeah. Um, we'll post pictures of the composite sketches yeah. um, on social media. I've seen pictures. He's, he looks creepy. Like, yeah. His face is really creepy looking. A hundred percent. Like, it's honestly kind of wild. Um, yeah, he... I'm sorry. I'm just trying to find this one bit. Oh, okay, yeah. So the case got actually reopened this year. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've seen something in the news about it recently. Yeah, so in January, um, they decided to reopen the case. Or, sorry, February. Okay. Um, so, just a couple months ago. 
um, and they're offering a $100,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the killer. And uh, they also re- released a revised sketch showing what he might look like now. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've seen their revised sketch. Um, again, it'll be linked down below. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's really wild. Because uh, all these people, all the you know surviving victims should be alive now, still, yeah. hopefully. Do they have DNA from him? Like Not the, that I know of. Like that they could, con- I guess they probably, will, if they did, they would have had a case against him in the right. first place. But yeah, that one was super wild. I had never heard of this. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's so interesting that they had a suspect. I just wonder if... They just didn't have enough because there was no eyewitness testimony that... you'd think that they would have, like, kept an eye on him until he, like, messed up. Right, or kept an eye on the people that were... Anyone that kind of was giving any sort of testimony. Yeah. And, like, asked, like, years later, like, hey, do you want to pursue him again? Yeah. Because clearly they had enough information to make a sketch and an arrest. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of weird. And there's nothing really online about the arrest that Mm -mm. they made. I mean, I get, like, not naming names. I think if he's not formally charged, I don't know if it's public information. It wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, unless they released it, but I don't know. Yeah, because I think they had to, like, let him go. Yeah. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the doodler. Um, I will leave information for the San Francisco Police Department down below. You guys can... Reach out if you know anyone that was rolling around. In that time? Yeah, in the city. That's so interesting. So crazy. Kind of creepy. Very yeah. Creepy. I mean, I remember seeing his picture on Facebook when, I don't remember when I read it, first read about it, but it creeped me out. He has, like, something about his eyes in that sketch, which is crazy because it's just a sketch. Yeah. But, yeah, go take a look at it. Um, creepy, creepy. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Anyway, so. All right. On to you. So, mine is kind of short because there's not a lot of information, but this one's kind of weird. So, um, we're talking 1981 in May. Um, We have 21-year-old Dale Kelly who left his home in Carmichael, California, which is a suburb outside of Sacramento. Um, He was on his way to see his girlfriend who was living in L.A. She was, uh, well, I'll get to that later, but um, he was driving a 1976 Toyota Celica? I think it's a Celica, yeah. yeah. Um, in orange, you know, it stands out yeah. pretty well. So, he leaves to go to L.A. He never makes it. So, his friends, like, when, you know, he never shows up, I believe his girlfriend calls his roommate. His roommate, like, doesn't know where he is. His roommate starts calling people, like, hey, did he stop on, at your house on the way to L.A., blah, blah, blah. No one had seen him. So, they filed a missing persons report, and nothing they didn't know where he was. Like, they couldn't find him. And then 15 days later, his car was discovered in Louisiana. What? In, in like, New Orleans. What the fuck? Which is quite a ways away from Carmichael, California. That's just a little bit of a drive. Yeah. So, um, Dale was about 5'10", 165 pounds. He kind of looked like a typical all-American boy mm-hmm. at the time. Pretty handsome. Um, he was white, had green hair, and brown eyes. Um, Wait, he had green hair and brown eyes? (laughs) (laughs) Green eyes and brown hair. (laughs) Whoa, I can Fantastic. (laughs) Um, Yes. So, (laughs) he was last seen wearing a yellow tank top, dark blue Britannia jeans, which I don't know what those are, but they noted it, so. Um, It must be important. Yeah, white high top Converse, which, you know, popular in that time. Right. Popular now. Um. He had a scar on his left knee, and his teeth were said to be perfectly straight because his dad 
I read his dad was um, a dentist, but I don't know. Okay. Because I also read that he was part of a military family. So I guess his dad could have been a dentist in the military, but I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I guess they probably at least had money for braces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, there's really nothing about him. Um, like, no information about him. The news coverage was really, like, light because they really didn't know what happened. They yeah. never found his body. Um, what? So it, it's such a bizarre case. Like, the fact your car is found more than halfway across the country is yeah. weird. Um, and it was, you know, found two weeks after he disappeared, and he's never been heard from again. What the hell? So I was looking kind of around on, like, Reddit, and I found um, – somebody who was doing a blog post about it Mm -hmm. and she had asked like does anybody know him or know his family or friends or like anyone I could interview and a friend of Dale Mm -hmm. was on Reddit and was like hi I'm his friend I'm actually his roommate's old roommate's girlfriend I was his girlfriend oh at the time so she knew Dale um and so wait so it was the roommate's girlfriend the roommate's girlfriend okay and she said Dale was a student living in Sacramento. He shared an apartment with his childhood friend, which was her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She, uh, his girlfriend was a UCLA, UCLA cheerleader. Okay. Um, so she was in school. He was going to visit her. Um, mm-hmm. His parents didn't live in California at the time, but, like, they were a military family, so I moved that they – if that's true, they, they probably moved, moved a lot. around. Yeah. yeah. Um, when he didn't arrive, like I said, his girlfriend called the roommate, um, who called a few other friends, but his friend's – all say that he would not have driven to New Orleans. He didn't know anybody who lived there. Yeah. He, no, you know, like, he had no family there. Um, and he wasn't the type of person who would just, like, leave and not ever say anything to his family again. And especially if he was a student. And, yeah. And st- it just, it makes no sense. So it's pretty obvious something bad happened to him, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then after they found the car, they the police had it shipped back to California, and there was evidence gathered, but it, they've never made public what they found. Weird. I do know, like, most of the time police keep some things to themselves, obviously, so that they can verify information if, like, someone were to confess or, like, right. whatever, but they didn't give any anything about what you was found You think they would tell car. something that's in like, that car? Something, something. But again, it wasn't really that popular, like, of a news story, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, she said that she, you know, she thought something bad happened to him. Like, either he stopped to help somebody and he was, like, murdered and, or kidnapped and she, she thought he was abducted. Um, I don't know how likely, I mean, if his car was just stolen it's probably more likely that he was just killed for his car like somebody yeah. had a ruse and mm-hmm. pretended to be broken down or hitchhiked or you know obviously he didn't break down because his car yeah the car was Orleans, fine so um yeah I, I think that he was probably just killed for his car and that's so his car crazy. was stolen and they never found his body that's bananas yeah so I mean, people have kind of been, like, have suggested, oh, so-and-so on the Doe Network might be him, but nothing's ever been linked to him. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting. I mean. That's so sad. He could be anywhere between California and Louisiana. Granted, whoever did kill him, I bet probably didn't drive him around in the car, especially if it was a stolen car. Right. It's already enough to be driving a stolen car mm-hmm. of a missing person, let alone with a body in it. So it, he's probably in California somewhere. Yeah. But you, from Sacramento, you would have to drive down south and c- probably cut across to, like, Arizona. So yeah. you'd at least have to go down, like, through L.A. 
and cut across. I mean, I've done it to like drive in that before because I lived in Kansas for a while. Oh yeah. So it's a long drive to Kansas and you still have a ways to go to get to Louisiana. So Jesus. yeah. Um, but that's all I have on mine. It's very short and it's sad because he was only 21 and he seemed like a, a great person and who had a life ahead of him. And yeah. So if you're a web sleuth and you want to look through some missing people mm-hmm. person's cases he, he, there's information about him obviously like he's got a scar so if they found any type of like body with a scar on his left knee you know there's like identifiable marks I guess um yeah on him so yeah I mean maybe some web sleuths could come in handy it's it's happened before and it's definitely gonna keep happening yeah so maybe it's one of you guys yeah other than that yeah that's all I got. Awesome for this week. Well, um, we would appreciate it if you would give us a good review, yep. uh, a like, a subscribe, yep. any of that, anywhere that you're listening to this, and everything will be li- linked down in the show notes like usual. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? No. All right. We will see you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye.